1 Samuel chapter 3, 1 Samuel chapter 3, and just those first few verses we'll read together, 1 Samuel and chapter 3, and just turn there and we're going to pray. I just believe God tonight, for God to move and God to speak in the hearts tonight in this place, in Jesus' name. Father, Lord, as we turn to your precious word tonight, we ask for your help, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost, Lord, that you would speak tonight in the hearts. Lord, we pray that you would indeed give us ears, Lord, to hear, Lord, that we would respond, Lord, that we would open our hearts to you and let the Holy Spirit have full sway in every life individually and corporately tonight, Lord, for what you desire to do, the plan and the purpose that you have for this meeting tonight, we pray, Lord, that the fullness of that will and that purpose would be done. And Lord, that our hearts would be open and willing. Lord, that you would have your lovely way among us. We ask all these mercies in the name of Jesus. And everyone said it. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. The child ministered, the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. It came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place. His eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And the Lord will bless the reading of his word. I believe just for a short time, uh, the Lord's given me a very simple message, simple word tonight. Um, I had a message uh, all week for tonight, and then just after this morning's service, the Lord has just directed me just to this word, so I believe there's a purpose in this tonight, that God would want to speak to your heart, speak to my heart as individuals, speak to us corporately as a people. This few verses here are very well known. They've been well preached over many years by many of us. We're very familiar with the portion of God's Word. We're reading here just in these few verses a, a catalog, if you like, of types. A catalog of types. There are a whole lot of types that are found just in these few verses uh, that bring us to a recognition that there is a similar uh, outcome of the day in which we live. There's spiritual parallels here. That's what I'm trying to say between the day in which we're reading here in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and the day in which we're living in today. And there's a catalog of types in these few verses. It tells us that the word of the Lord was precious and there was uh, no open vision. And that was really a critical time uh, in Israel and a critical time for God's people. Uh, it tells us there that the high priest, his vision uh, was dim. In other words, there's a, a type here that we can grasp when there's a vision that is gone the Bible tells us very clearly in Proverbs 29 and verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. It's critical. It's critical that there's vision. It tells us that the lamp of, the, of God in the temple was near gone or near out. And, and that just speaks again on this type that we're looking at or the catalog of types. It speaks that there was neglect and somehow that the things which were important, that the light was to be kept lit in the temple. Now it's about to go out. There's neglect. The Bible tells us, how shall we escape 
if we neglect so great a salvation. And so we're looking at this catalog of types. The word of the Lord was precious. It was precious. In other words, it was rare. The revelation of God through the word of God. All things come tonight in this meeting not by mine or by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. But it comes primarily through the revelation of the Holy Spirit. It comes as a revelation to your heart and to my heart. And so when the Bible says that the word of the Lord was precious, the longing to see a revelation of God, a word in season. Have you come tonight expecting a word in season? Needing a word in season? Hearing a word in season? And the Bible tells us, if you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, about how that word comes and the revelation that's brought to our hearts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, if you turn to it, you'll see here, it says, but as it is written, 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, I have not seen, nor ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And then it says this in verse 10, But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. The revelation of what God has prepared. The eye has not seen, neither has the ear heard it, and neither has it entered into the heart of man. But God reveals it tonight. There's a revelation. There's a revelation that comes, and it comes by the Spirit of God. The Spirit searcheth all things, yea, even the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. And so the Holy Spirit would bring the revelation, as it were, of the heart of God and the purpose of God and the plan of God right into this meeting tonight, right into your heart tonight. It's a revelation by the Holy Ghost. Jesus said in John 16 and verse 13 that the Spirit of truth, when He comes, He will guide you to all truth. He will not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak. And He will show you things to come. He will glorify Me, that is Jesus, for He shall receive of Mine. What would He do? He's going to bring you the revelation right into your heart of what God's desire is, God's will is, and God's purpose is. In other words, tonight, brothers and sisters, there's the will of God for this meeting tonight. There's the purpose of God for this gathering. There's the revelation of God of what God desires to do in your life and in my life and corporately for us as a body tonight. God has a purpose for this meeting. The Word of God was precious. It was a day that it was rare that there was a rima word I think it was Stephen. Did you pray that this morning? There is a rhema word. In other words, that in the season in which we're in, in the life that we live, in the hour in which we have come, we need to receive or hear in the midst of all of this a word that comes from God, from the throne of God, and it comes in time and in season. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let's look at it just a wee bit closer for you to understand this. In the Bible, there are two primary Greek words that describe the word. In the New Testament, the first word that we look at is the word logos. That simply means the divine expression. 
If you turn in your Bibles to John 1 and 1, we'll just look at a few examples of this word logos, the divine expression of God. In John 1 and 1, what a great verse, what an awesome verse this is. In the beginning was the Word, the Logos, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Isn't that awesome? This is Jesus Christ, the divine expression of God. When that Word became flesh and dwelt among us, that's Jesus Christ, the divine expression of God. He is that Word. In Luke chapter 8, on the parable of the sower, we see there that it says that the seed, the seed is the Word of God, the Logos, the divine expression of God. If a man is born of the Spirit of God, the incorruptible seed of God, he's born of the Spirit. That's the work of God in a life. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, we look at the word Logos again, Hebrews 4 and 12. If you turn this there for a moment... Again, these are familiar verses, but these two words, Logos and Rima, Hebrews 4 and 12. Would you read this with me tonight? Hebrews 4 and 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart That's the Word of God, the Logos. It can divide right into the very depths of a man's being tonight. That's this Word. The second Word is the word Rima, which means an utterance. In other words, something happens. There's an utterance in the season. There's an utterance. There's a Rima word for this meeting tonight. There's a Rima word for you tonight. There's a word in season for your heart. God, if you're willing to hear, whoever you are or wherever you're from, but if you're willing to hear tonight, if, if, the, if your heart is opened, if you're willing tonight to open your ear, you're going to hear God speak to you. That's an awesome thing. And it shouldn't be taken lightly. But the second word, Rima, in Luke chapter 1, we'll see this word, Rima. Luke chapter 1, if you turn to it, the Holy Spirit, the angel of the Lord, comes to speak to a virgin called Mary and reveals the heart and the plan and the purposes of God to Mary that the Holy Ghost will come upon her. She's a virgin girl. The seed of God would be planted within her. She'd bring forth a son. you call his name Jesus. Also your cousin Elizabeth, she will become pregnant also. That's with John the Baptist. When she hears what the angel utters to her. It says in Luke 1 and 38, And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Now this is a rhema word. This was a word that came in a season. It was dark. There was a remnant. It was small. But God brought a rhema word into the midst of that. There was only a few that were faithful in serving the Lord. They were under that political system, the Roman Empire. There was a whole pharisaical system of religion. Uh, largely, God was not known. Again, it was a similar time. But right into the midst of the darkness of that time, there's a rhema word that brings forth. And so Mary says, be it unto me according to your word. 
In Luke chapter 3, it tells us, we just mentioned him briefly there. In Luke chapter 3, it tells us there that the word of the Lord, verse 2, Annas and Sophias, being the high priest, now the word of God came unto the son, unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. When it says that the word of God came, there was a rhema word, there was a word uttered in season. Often when these words come, they come in obscurity, they come in strange places, they come in a season often of darkness. Where's John? John, the baptizer, he's away out in the wilderness. He's been filled with the Holy Ghost from he was a little baby in his mother's womb. And now he's away out in the backside of the desert. And right in that midst of that desert and that wilderness. And if you're in a wilderness tonight, if you're going through a dry spell, there's a word of the Lord in the midst of it. So as John is there, the word of the Lord comes unto John, the son of Zacharias. Now we see the time has come that John's calling and the fulfillment of his calling as the great forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to come preaching repentance from that wilderness unto all those of Judea and round the Jordan. And he begins to preach the message of repentance, the great forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. It started with a rhema word. The word of the Lord came and laid hold of that heart and that life and called that life out at that time. The season had come. And friends, tonight, we're going somewhere with this. It's often at the backside of deserts and wildernesses and difficult times and spiritual decline and a time of darkness and neglect and when the word of the Lord is precious, it's often that's the time when the Rima word comes. That's when the Rima word comes. You find a man called Moses who's been in the wilderness for 40 years. He's at the backside of the desert. He's almost forgotten probably by most but he's not forgotten by God. And now God speaks to a burning bush, Moses, Moses. And the old man at 80 stops to behold the sight. There's a Rima word. There's a call of God. There's the purpose of God. The eye has not seen, nor has the ear heard what God has in store for them that love him. But God is faithful. God begins to call out from a burning bush to a man who's 80 years old. It looks as though it's over and retirement's coming, but God's not finished. And there's a rhema word comes. Tells us in Luke chapter 5 and verse 5, as the disciples had toiled all night and they're working hard and there's sweat and there's tears and there's agony, but they're longing for a good catch and they've toiled the whole night, and they've caught nothing. And then the Lord stands on the side of the shore and says in Luke 5 and 5, as the Lord commands him, Simon, just put down your net on that side. And Simon said, Master, we've been doing this all night. But see it your word. There's a Rima word here. See it your word. Lord, we're going to let down these nets. And suddenly there's a catch. You see the need and necessity of a rhema word when God speaks into a situation, when God brings the revelation to your heart, when God begins to call. 
It tells us in our reading tonight in 1 Samuel 3, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. And Samuel just about to lie down, just for the night. He closes his eyes, and the whole context of that whole time is, let's recall ourselves again, thinking of the category of types tonight. The, the, the whole lamp in the temple is near out. The word of the Lord is precious. The high priest's eyes have largely gone dim. It speaks of a backslidden day. It speaks of a cold and indifferent day. And there's a young fellow just climbing into bed. And in his bedchamber, there's a word comes from through all the echelons of glory in heaven right down into the bedchamber. Samuel. Samuel. It's awesome tonight that in this very room, the same God that called Samuel is the same God that's going to call for people in this room tonight to respond. The revelation. Samuel responds to the Remo word. He responds to the call of God. What does he say? He says, here am I. You see, it shows us something that in the very depths of his heart, he was ready. He was waiting. He was longing just for the rhema word and season to come from God himself. And when God spoke, Samuel, Samuel, it was nearly like it was immediate. Here am I. He was ready. The revelation, the word of the Lord came. The call of God came. God spoke. He spoke in a time. I'm one of those catalog of errors that we're looking at and types, I suppose, is the fire's near gone. The fire's near gone. The fire's near out. The light in the temple, the lamp, has nearly gone. And it's at that time God calls. How sad it is in the day in which we're living. The fire... The fire in many hearts, the lamp, as it were, has nearly just gone out. It's nearly gone out, friend. It's a sad day when there are many who once burned bright for the Lord, many who once served Him with a passion, with a fire, with a zeal, with a hunger, with a love for Christ. And now we can say, ere the lamp Ere the lamp has almost gone out. It was in times like this the great man, like William Booth was called, called into the slums of London. It was the man, the same man who wrote the words, God of Elijah, hear our cry, send the fire. Make us fit to live or die, send the fire. Burn up every trace of sin and bring the light of glory in. Let the revolution now begin. Send the fire. God begins to call in such an hour as this. He's beginning to call even in this room tonight. God has directed me with this message to bring it to your heart. And there's a remo word. It's a word in season. It's God speaking. We looked at a verse today in Isaiah 66 and 4, just in that middle section of that verse. Listen, this is what it says. God says, when I called, you know, this, just, this is probably where this is birthed out of. But when I called, 
is what God said. When I called, none did answer. When I speak, nobody heard. I pray that that verse will not be written across this meeting tonight. When I called, none did answer. When I speak, they did not hear. The revelation comes to the bedchamber of a young fellow called Samuel. God, seen beyond the death, the backsliddenness, the indifference, and the fire nearly out, and finds a young fellow climbing into bed, and he says, Samuel, Samuel, I want to reveal to you what God's really saying is, I want to reveal to you my heart, my purpose, my plans that I have. The eye has not seen it, nor has the ear heard it. What I have in store for them that love me. But I have a great plan and a purpose for your life. And so he begins to call Samuel. Samuel. He responds, here am I. And what's your response tonight as God calls you individually by your name? God speaks to us individually. God speaks to us in person. God knows us. God knows the hairs in our head. He knows our heart. He knows our thoughts. We are naked before him. What's your response? When I called, nobody answered. When I speak, they did not hear. Samuel, Samuel, I'm calling. I'm calling you. I'm calling you, I'm calling you, I'm calling you, young person, God's calling. It reminds us so clearly, and the type is so evident when you turn to Revelation chapter 3, and again, scriptures that we've often preached, but I believe it's a Rema word. In Revelation 3 and 13, the Spirit of the Lord says, the Lord himself says, he that has an ear, Let him hear what the Spirit has sent unto the churches. Verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works. I know your works. I know that you are neither hot nor are you cold. I would that word cold or hot. So then because you're neither, you're lukewarm, you're neither cold or hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, I am increased with goods, I don't need anything. I, I know it's not that you're wretched and miserable, poor, blind and naked. And then he says, I counsel, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. I believe that speaks of faith, his faith. That you be rich and have white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and the shame of your nakedness do not appear. And anoint your eyes with thyself that you may see as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, be zealous thereof and repent. Then he says this very famous, one of the most famous verses I believe in all of Scripture. 
the Lord says, Behold, what does he say? I'm standing at the door and I knock. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and I will sup with him and he with me. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Think about it. If you hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in. At the door and knocks. Just look at the writing of this and the verse itself. I stand at the door and I knock. And if you hear my voice, you know the first thing that would happen if this door was knocked tonight was everyone's attention would go from this pulpit over to that door. Not right? Once you hear a knock at the door, every one of us, we're drawn, our attention, we're awakened that there's a knock at the door. So if that door knocked, or if the door behind us, if somebody started to knock, I guarantee you, every one of our heads would do a 180 turn and would look at the back door. The knock, the knock is to awaken us. The knock is to get us alert. The knock is to draw our attention to stop us in our path. When there's a knock at the door, the first thing you say, there's somebody at the door. And friend, tonight there's a knock at the door. And I want to tell you, young person, there's somebody at the door. Somebody at the door. Now as the knock draws and awakens you tonight, the next thing is, it says, Now if you hear his voice, let me tell you something tonight. God's speaking. God's speaking right into this room. God's speaking right into your heart. God's speaking to us corporately. God's speaking to us individually. God's speaking to you. The knock has alerted you. The knock has awakened you. The knock has got your attention. But now the second thing is there's a voice that's coming. There's a voice that's coming. And the voice that comes is the voice of none other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He says, open the door and I'll come in. How simple is that? Just open the door and let me come in. Sup with me. And what I'll do is I'll reveal to you the purpose and the plans that I have for your life. To save you, to keep you, to guide you, to lead you through this life. To reveal all the purposes and plans that I have for you in the callings of God. If you just put your hand on the handle and open the door, I'll come in. How simple is that? You often hear it and it is true. The handle of the door is on the inside. You see, what is it that awakens you tonight? As God is knocking at the door and alerts you, the Bible tells us, Awake thou that sleepest and rise from the dead. Christ will give you light. And as the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ begins to speak into your life, because you're hearing the voice, do you know, I want to tell you something. This is a powerful thing. It's a simple thing, but it is a powerful thing. Do you know that there are literally countless millions in hell tonight who heard the voice of Jesus. 
they actually heard his voice. They're hearing what you heard. They were awakened to a knock. And then they heard the voice of the shepherd. And some, I believe, at that moment, when they heard the voice of Jesus, open the door and let me come in. Let me into your life. Let me into your heart. Stop rejecting me. Your fire has gone out. Backslider, you have turned. Your vision is gone. But if you open the door, it speaks of repentance in the opening. And let me come in tonight. And friends, I'll sup with you. And I'll reveal my plans to you. Friends, there's literally countless millions that heard the knock and heard the voice. Tonight they're in hell itself. Think about it for a moment. You've heard the knock. And now you've heard the voice of Jesus. Open the door. Let me ask you this. Just think about it for a moment. I believe that some have come very close to opening the door in here. I believe some of you have been so close at times. It's, a, it's, a, it's just like this. You've heard the knock. You've been maybe asleep in your own wee world. And you know suddenly there's a knock at the door. You've heard the voice. And you've got up and you've went over. And as you get to the door to open it, something stopped you. Let me tell you, see whatever stopped you tonight, that's the very thing that will take you to a lost eternity. And let me ask you this question. Are you willing tonight for the thing that stopped you from opening that door? Let me go through a few things. The fear of what people will say. The fear of man. The fear of your friends. The fear of what people, some might mock you. Let me tell you, friends, I can't tell you that you'll not be mocked. You probably will be. But I want to tell you, friends, the thing that stopped, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's something you want to do in the world. Maybe it's the lie of the enemy that says, no, no, I've got a greater plan for you. And the thing that just stopped you short, and you maybe put your hand on the handle said, no. See the thing that stopped you? Listen to me. You're willing to gamble your soul. You're willing to gamble your soul for that one thing, to go to a lost eternity, when if you would just pull that door open tonight, the king of glory would come into your life, reveal the purpose, saving you and delivering you and guiding you and giving you eternal life. The joy unspeakable, full of glory, your sins forgiven. And yet some have come so close. Some may tonight even have the hand on the handle. Maybe it is tonight. Maybe God is speaking, I believe he is. Maybe this is the moment where you have the courage in your heart to not be fooled or bluffed by the enemy and just turn the handle and say, Jesus, come in. Let me tell you, friend, he'll come in. He'll come in. How simple is it? You're standing at the other side of the door. The Savior's longing for you to just pull it open. You'll come in and reveal. Think about it. The eye has not seen. You can't even imagine the life that God would give you. You don't even know, young person, you don't know where God would take you to. You don't know the call of God in your life. 
and the fullness of all of that, of where he'd want to bring you to. And yet so many times, even as believers, the door is shut to the purpose and call of God. Isn't that right? Because remember, this is primarily to the church. I've got a plan for you. I've got a purpose for you. I've got a call for you. And what we do, friends, so often is we start to go our own track and we start to do our own thing. And then he comes knocking. Isn't he faithful? And then the voice comes and suddenly you realize, Lord, I've shut you out of my life. I've shut you out of my decisions. I've shut you out of the things There was once a time the door was open. You could come in at any time and all was on the altar. I gladly lay it before you. There was nothing between you and me, Lord. It was all clear. But now I keep the door shut to some parts. Yes, you're knocking. Yes, I hear your voice. But I can't open the door to that part because I've made my choice. Friends, I want to tell you, it may not be to the cost of your salvation. But it could be to the cost of your call. Could be to the cost of your call. God's got a plan and a purpose for every life in this room. The greatest of them all is salvation. But he's got a life for you to live. Well, I'll keep that door closed. Let me tell you, friend, this is why I'm preaching this message tonight. Not only to those that are lost are those that are backslidden, but to the believers in this room. There's an area in your life and the door is firmly closed. I can't open it. I've already made my choice. I've settled down in my life. It's really, this is it. And now the Savior is on the outside of your decisions. And he's knocking. Now he begins to speak. Would you open to me again? Would you open the door? If you open the door, the same voice that called in the night hour as Samuel lay down to sleep, this is a wonderful thing. It's the very same voice that calls out in this wee meeting tonight. It's an awesome thing, isn't it? It's the very same voice. He says, I stand at the door and I knock. I love this next part. If any man, if any man or woman, man, woman, young person, boy or girl, if anyone, what an invitation. It's to all. If anyone hear my voice, they open the door. I'll come in. He's willing to come. He's willing to come in. Friend, tonight, he's knocking. He's speaking. And now, 
there's a response. It's a rhema word. It's a word from the Lord for you in this meeting tonight. When God called Samuel, Samuel said, Here I am. What will you say to the Savior tonight? See, some might have to put some things on the altar. Some precious possession. Some worldly goal. Maybe some relationship. I don't know. But you'll know. Because God will reveal it to you. And if there's nothing for him to reveal, then you don't have to worry. Just open the door and let him in anyway. But is it all in the altar? Gladly we lay. Let's pray tonight by our heads just for a moment.